The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Um, did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick here, Rico there, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, and the Starter Heyman text line both open for you guys the rest of the way as well. Um, as the Starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. All right, it's a Wednesday. We know what that means. It means we're going to bring in our good friend Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska on the Aloe VIP line. VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. And with that, let's bring in Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, the World Series is set. Are we pumped up? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm always a, I'm kind of like a big event guy to have it on TV, so I'm absolutely hmm. going to be tuning in. Um, you know, as I, I know the conference USA football is big on those yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday games. So I'll be keeping an eye on that as well. For some reason, I'm just really interested in conference USA football this season, but I'll have the, um, MLB, um, on for sure. And MLB in the background conference USA in yeah. the foreground, obviously. Yeah. They get the, they get the top spot. I'm, I'm sorry, MLB, but, uh, maybe <laughs> if my, uh, Rob Manfred improves his product a little bit, maybe we can, uh, switch that around in the future but for now conference usa gets the top pick uh once again steve mark of inside nebraska hanging out with us all right let's talk nebraska football they get a pretty ugly win on saturday but i think nobody's complaining about how it looks as long as they get the job done um they beat northwestern 17 to 9 and one thing i keep saying like this week uh, regarding turnovers with nebraska is that they're they've been fortunate that the defense has stepped up when they have, because a lot of programs, when whether it was losing two fumbles against Illinois in the fourth quarter, or whether it's throwing two INTs early on in the game, would be fortunate to find themselves in the in the spot to to win a game against a, a power five opponent. But Nebraska's been able to do that the last two weeks. What does that say about this defense? Well, it means the defense, at least in my eyes, is really buying in and playing fast and physical and violent and all that good stuff for Tony White, who is proving himself as, at least in my eyes, a really good teacher of his yeah. specific scheme, his three-front defense. Um, you know, for him to come in and, you know, granted, he did he did inherit 
he did inherit uh, veterans at all three levels on the D line with Nash Huttmacher, uh, Ty Robinson, and then at the second level with linebackers with Luke Reimer, Nick Henrik, um, and then in the defensive backfield with guys like Quentin Newsom, Omar Brown, um, Malcolm Hartzog, even though he's a second year player, um, he's still played a lot of football. Um, you know, he's, he's inherited some, some older guys uh, at all levels of the defense, but, you know, at the end of the day, you still need to come in and, and, um, uh, you know, kind of take what you learn in the, in the room, in the meeting rooms and in the practice field and, and take it to the grass as Tony White likes to say on Saturdays. And that, and that, uh, takes something that I don't think it, it, like every, every coach can really do that, but Tony White is showing that he can do that. And he's kind of showing, showing me at least that he's a potential head coach in waiting somewhere. Um, and I think Husker fans should really just enjoy the ride with Tony White while he's here because, you know, he's going to start turning some heads if he hasn't already um, from other programs around the country. But, you know, for him to come in right away and get these guys to buy in and, and really take to this defense and have it uh, perform week in and week out um, outside of Michigan, um, that was it, – it's been really fun to watch, and it kind of speaks to Tony White's coaching coaching acumen. Now, Steve, with how good the defense has been playing and the defensive line, which was looked at as not a weakness, but a weaker part before the season, stepping up and doing what it's doing, the linebacking core doing what it's doing, even uh, after losing, you know, uh, uh, Luke Reimer for a little bit of time and, and Nick Henrich a little banged up here and there. And, you know, some of the other linebackers just, you know, moving all around. The defensive backfield has been pretty strong, but how much stronger do you think this this defensive backfield and this defense could get? when Deshaun Singleton is healthy and, you know, the possibility of Buford coming back to play this season? Yeah, that's an interesting um, aspect is, you know, Deshaun Singleton being reinserted into the games and then, uh, yeah, just the potential of Marquise Buford and what he could bring back there. I mean, it's just two more bodies <laughs> that you would, like, rotate through and, and keep everybody fresh. And um, it, it's just fun to think about with, with this defense because the safeties, those two safeties, and I know there's a rover out there who's a glorified safety, but uh, those two true safeties out there, the Omar Brown and the Deshaun Singleton, the Phelan Sanfords, um, that's, it's an important piece to White's uh, 3-3-5 defense because they're expected to, to stick their nose in run support and they're expected to hold their own in pass coverage, obviously. So it's an important position. Um, and, and to the potential to add two more guys with starting experience, and we all know what Deshaun Singleton looked like. I mean, that cat was flying around. Um, to start the season, it seems like, you know, he was just one of several defensive Huskers who uh, really kind of benefited benefited from Tony White's presence here in Lincoln. Um, but I, I mean, that's just going to continue to put more able-bodied guys in the rotation. And, and in turn, that tells me that, you know, you can rotate more, you can keep guys even fresher than they are um, doing right now with those uh, heavy rotations, almost hockey line shifts sometimes. So, I mean, it, yeah, if you can add a guy like Buford, um, who who was an 11 game starter last year at safety? Um, you know he 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 seems like he like on paper that he would fit perfectly uh, with Tony White's uh, defense. You know, just a guy who can play a little run, play a little pass. Um, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he still flies around and and sticks his nose in places other other people wouldn't. I don't think so. Um, you know, if you can add Buford, if you can add a healthy Deshaun Singleton back, that just makes this uh, defensive backfield even more lethal, in my opinion. And um, you know, it goes into pass rushing too. Sometimes you see safeties, um, you know, getting, getting in on the blitz fun too. So it's just, yeah, if you can get those two guys, that's just going to elevate Nebraska's defense, which is what you want to see. We're speaking with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Another defensive question for you. You were talking about rotating bodies and keeping bodies fresh. I mean, 
number 90, James Williams. I, you know, he's out, he's out there making plays on Saturday and I'm sitting here sitting at my house, looking at number 90. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is right now. Like it was, I was confused for a second, looked him up and I was like, Oh yeah, he came in this season. How, like how important is it to this team that they're able to bring a guy off the practice squad and he's able to make an impact right away to, to help out the, the depth of this defense that seems like it's, you know, I, I think it was you that said it going for a record on how many bodies, how many different bodies they play on the defensive side of the ball this year. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's something that uh, Tony White talked about yesterday when in his tra- uh, chat in front of the media was, you know, the the benefit of having a guy like James Williams come in, you know, he's a, he started a junior uh, started at the junior college, Iowa Central. Um, he joined the team as a walk-on after a summer camp. Uh, here he impressed Terrence Knighton and Matt, Matt Rule enough in drills to, to get a walk-on opportunity. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's on a scout team. And then all of a sudden, he's like in a, a five-man front pressure um, package from Tony White. And he's like uh, doing really good things against Northwestern in a game. That's just showing other other kids like James Williams, other walk-ons, other guys who – might be here on scholarship who aren't playing right now. It just gives them motivation that like, Hey, I could be the next James Williams. If I just put my head down, keep working and show these coaches what I can do, even if it's on the scout team, you know, there's a chance that these guys might play, play me. And I don't think it's like that all over the country. I don't think head coaches are, or defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators are really like the ones right now that Nebraska has with Tony White and Marcus Satterfield that, if, if they see some someone at practice who's not who doesn't have a name who doesn't have a lot of stars right next to his name from the high school ranks if he's producing on the field you're going to play him it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what kind of recruit you are and I think that's just going to give a lot of kids on the t- current team right now motivation to just go harder at practice and if you're going harder at practice you know I hate I hate cliches but iron sharpens iron that's <laughs> exactly right so um, you know with James James Williams is a really really interesting cat I mean but he, at, at six foot five, 135 pounds. If you look him out there, he looks exactly like his nickname in high school in Missouri, Sticks. Uh, his high school teammates called him Sticks, and he's out there. He's all limbs. He has a massive wingspan. You can see the potential, absolutely, when you look at James Williams just on paper. If you just look at his frame, he just screams uh, pass rusher, edge rusher. So if he stays in the program for a couple years here, uh, just like he talked with us at Inside Nebraska after he after he committed in the summer, he said that uh, the staff told him that you know come in here, uh, put the work in as a walk on, and maybe and maybe down the road you're going to find yourself as a scholarship player as a six foot five, two hundred forty, two hundred fifty five pound edge rusher. That's what James Williams could become, and so he's on the he's on the road to that right now, in my opinion. So it, I I just think the staff is really good about finding um, under recruited guys, um, guys with interesting backgrounds, just like James Williams. He wasn't academically eligible out of high school. Um, so he had to go the junior college route. And I think he was taught a lesson there and he didn't want to go back to Juco because that's a tough road for everybody. So um, he, he's kind of thankful to be here and he's putting, putting in the work and um, showing trust um, in, in the coaches uh, and belief in the coaches um, that, you know, that they're okay to put him out there in, in big situations. And I, I, I would be shocked uh, with a team like Purdue coming in this weekend that, that James Williams wasn't, won't be out there. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a really good sign for uh, recruiting identification, in my opinion, development, in my opinion, and just overall just a feel-good thing for the program to have guys like a walk-on come in and play after spending the entire season on the scout team. It just is, it's, 
other other people are going to notice that and go hard in practice. And that's just, I uh, go back to that iron sharpens iron cliche, but it's true here. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're speaking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska on the Aloe VIP line. VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Steve, one last one on the defense before we uh, switch sides of the ball to the offense. Um, I I was watching Nebraska on Saturday against Northwestern, and and specifically the defensive front was getting to uh, Brendan Sullivan. Now, that might be the, the lack of of talent that's on Northwestern's offensive line. Obviously guys like Peter Skaronsky aren't there anymore, but you look at just Nebraska's defense in general, and especially, especially their front, you know, three or four, seven, whatever you want to call it. It's so much more enjoyable as a fan to watch Nebraska football. When every single play you're telling yourself, there's a chance they get to the quarterback here. Like they have guys that can get to the quarterback. Some plays, it may be Ty Robinson. Some, it may be Nash. Some, it may be Cam Lenhart. You just have this belief that they can, they can actually get to the quarterback, which is something that Nebraska fans haven't been able to feel in the last couple of years. Isn't it so much better as a fan when, when you're, when the fan, um, when you're the fan of a team that has a really good pass rush, it just makes everything more enjoyable for a football fan. Cause it's one of the most fun things just, you know, that's in football is a defensive, uh, a pass rush getting to the quarterback. It's just mm-hmm. fun to watch. And, you know, the good thing about Nebraska is they're getting more and more of those opportunities. Now, granted, they've come against some pretty bad offenses and they'll continue to be bad offenses the rest of the season. But yeah. the work that Nebraska's defense is doing on first and second down, um, the work that they're doing, limiting first down rushing yards from opponents, you know, it's been pretty good. And, you know, um, I, I think it was Eric Shenander who once said just a couple of seasons ago, I remember it for some reason in a press conference setting, he said, you have to earn the right to rush the rush the passer. And uh, that is exactly what's happening right now with uh, Tony White's defense. They are doing the necessary work on first and second downs to put opposing offenses in those, uh, you know, pass heavy downs, the third and eight, the third and tens, the third and 15. So you can be comfortable sending somebody out like James Williams, who's still probably de- uh, developing his frame, his body, as and as a run defender but you know what um put him out there on third and 10 where mm-hmm. the only thing he has to worry about is pinning his ears back and and rushing the passer i mean that's exactly what you're looking for so the work that nebraska is doing on first and second downs uh to create those the third and long situations it's been really really good and i think you're going to see it again this weekend um against purdue although the weather is kind of weird right yeah. now you know, a high of like 39 degrees or around there with possible snow um some wind so I don't know how Graham Harold, offensive coordinator of Purdue, mm-hmm. is going to handle his uh, offensive scheme right now. Is he going to be airing it out with Hudson Card? I don't know. Um, or is he going to kind of lean on that run game? Uh, we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, the work on first and second down from Nebraska's defense has really been good to watch, too. People forget that that Graham Harrell is the offensive coordinator for 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 Purdue, and so <laughs> I was so confused when you said Graham a, Harrell. That was such a hot name in the Nebraska coordinator carousel. If you will, yeah. the last couple of years, it's been 
I mean, Nebraska's needed some offensive coordinators the last couple of years, and it's been a hot one. Let's let's talk about the offensive coordinator, right? Because Marcus Satterfield, um, you want to talk about see some guys stepping up on the back end of, of the defense. Well, now in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball, Nebraska loses three guys on the offensive line. Uh, Turner Corcoran and uh, Ethan Piper both out for the year, and then Nuri is out for a few weeks here. Um, I guess just confidence level in this offensive line. Like I feel like the offensive line always gets a bad rep in, in Nebraska because it's never going to be good enough for Husker fans. And not that it's been great this year or even good. I think serviceable is where you could probably categorize it as like Nebraska, I think has only been sacked 14 times potentially. Um, they have, I know they have more sacks defensively than they do, you know, given up, but Nonetheless, I, I guess just injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Where are we at with this this offensive line? It's yeah, it's unreal how many season-ending injuries to important key guys on the offensive side of the ball. There's been Matt Rule said that he's never really seen anything like it, and he's been coaching professionally since like 1998. Um, but yeah, with this offensive line specifically, I'm I'm uh, pretty high on Justin Evans Jenkins. I just did not expect him when he first got to Lincoln, and it's the second year right now in the program. I didn't expect Justin Evans Jenkins to be leaned on like he is right now, but yeah. that's the way it goes. Um, you know, obviously for line of scrimmage guys in college football, you want them to have a wrestling background, and Justin Evans Jenkins was a pretty dang good wrestler um, over there in high school in New Jersey back in the day. But uh, um, yeah, you know what? He's going to be starting over there at left guard probably for Ethan Piper. And um, I just don't know what to think about the whole thing because there's so many holes that you need to fill. Uh, Teddy Prohaska at left tackle, he's going to be out there for as many snaps as he's played all season long. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get out of Teddy right now yeah. because of, of the injury history. And, um, you know, he's fully healthy right now, but he's just been kind of working to get back. And um, now he's just going to have to be leaned on right now. And Justin Evans Jenkins at left guard, like I said, and then Ben Scott at center. Um, Henry Lutovsky, uh, probably at right guard, and then uh, Bryce Benhart um, at, at right tackle. So when you look at that five right there, um, there's a lot of question marks, in my opinion. Um, so that, I'm just wondering how that's going to affect, like, the play calling, you know, um, especially with the with the weather situation that's coming in and uh, the question marks on the offensive line, the question marks at running back, the question mark um, at quarterback, uh, the way your quarterback has been throwing it recently. I mean, it doesn't look great on the surface and it might lead to like a, you know, a, a typical Big Ten West snowstorm type. I mean, it's not going to be a snowstorm, I don't think, but uh, just a, a ugly looking game on, on Saturday, just another one. But again, uh, Nebraska has been in those before and they have won them. Uh, Purdue has been in some ugly games and they have lost them. So, um, you know, the, the crowd is going to be there in full force, I'm sure. They're going to be making it hard on Hudson, uh, making it hard on Hudson Card. Um, but yeah, you're you're asking me about the offensive line. I don't know what to expect, guys. I mean, it's a it's an interesting situation for sure. But that's what uh, season-ending injuries can create. Uh, we see uh, on the Huskers depth chart and somebody that we we saw. I think you took the picture. Uh, Jacob Hood out uh, warming up on the field last <laughs> Saturday. And um, yeah. is there any way or any possibility? You know, a unfortunate injuries or anything that Jacob Hood or maybe a Tyler Knack see the field at a tackle. Yeah, I uh, boy, if you're if you're talking about Jacob Hood or uh, Tyler Knack, I, I think uh, Tyler Knack might be the better option right there. I just don't know what Jacob Hood can give you right now. He hasn't um, been dressed. Uh, I mean, last week was his first game dressed, I believe. 
Uh, he's been hurt this whole time. Um, I, I don't know where he's at condition wise. Um, I know when he first came in, uh, the, the story around him was needing to work on that condition. I mean, the, the guy is 6'8", uh, 350 pounds. I mean, he's a massive, massive human being. But can he be out there and be consistently um, average or can be consistently okay? I mean, I don't know. I'd rather have Tyler Kanak out there. Um, as a backup guard or tackle, I, I think yeah. Tyler Knox's kind of like a future, uh, future starting tackle here at Nebraska. Um, but he's going to be needed to just kind of be a everything guy right now for um, at guard and tackle. So, uh, yeah, Jacob Hood is a really interesting one. Um, I for me, for me personally, I was surprised to see him out there because I just assumed that we wouldn't be seeing him at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean Jacob Hood, I. I just don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna get from from him at this point of the season. I'd rather have uh, maybe Tyler Knock out there. All right, Steve. A couple more before we let you go. Um, one more Husker football one, and and we got this question actually off our text line. But I I think you may be as big of a fan of Liebentritt as the next as anybody. Um, Nebraska. We we got asked on the text line why haven't we seen many carries by the fullback this year and, and has it been just because we haven't seen a traditional fullback like they put Janir and Bonner in there but he's definitely like more of a of a tight end it feels like than like a traditional fullback yeah Janir and Bonner is super odd for me yeah because I, like you know like everybody else I really don't know what to call him is he a fullback is he a tight end is he a receiver mm-hmm. he's a little bit bigger than your average receiver um, but, yeah, if you're looking for a guy that's going to stick his helmet right in the chest of middle linebacker or a defensive end, that's barely the trip. And um, I, I, I do think his absence uh, from a right elbow injury, I think it was, has kind of hurt the, the offense. Um, you know, I, you know, he is a fullback. He's a traditional hand-of-the-dirt fullback. Um, but I think he's pretty important for what this offense has turned into um, after all those season in- ending injuries, because, you know, I think Marcus Satterfield had an idea about what he wanted this offense to be mm-hmm. going into the season. But then after the departures and the season in- ending injuries, he's had to completely scrap that plan and just cobble together some sort of way um, to, to gain yards and, and score points. And, and the best way right now um, is to just like, you know, hold on to the ball, run the football. Um, try not to turn it over and then just give it to your defense and, and um, hopefully they'll get you back some good field position. So uh, I think Barrett Liebman being out there is, is a really good thing for the offense. Now, why hasn't he been given some carries? I don't know. I don't know how much you want the fullback um, getting carries, but yeah. you know, when you have um, guys like Emmett Johnson and Anthony Grant and Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sim, potentially Jeff Sims out there, um, might as well just like give them the ball. I, I, I'm not a big give the fullback carries in the run game guy right now. I'm more of a just let the fullback go to work in some run schemes and, and let it let him do some blocking. That's more of what I'm kind of kind of liking from the fullback. But uh, um, yeah, having Barrett Lee been shred out there, I know he didn't play a lot in his mm-hmm. first game back, um, but that's going to be good to have him there. All right, Steve, last one before we, we go ahead and let you go. We're, we're holding you a little past time, so we apologize. Um, Nebraska, Nebraska basketball. Uh, two weeks from just this Monday is going to be their home opener in, in terms of regular season game against Lindenwood. But on October 29th here on Sunday, they actually have an exhibition game against Doan. More of just an overview question here uh, as the, the basketball season is on the doorstep. Nebraska came into the Ken Palm ranked, I think it was like 58th or something like that, which is obviously higher than it's ever been. I think Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska, their previous high was 80th. Potentially, um, when you look at this Nebraska basketball team, 
they have a couple real intriguing pieces that are just kind of yet to be discovered, I think, in terms of whether that's a transfer, whether that's like a fully healthy Blaze Kata for the entire season. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season right now. And uh, the thing that I like and um, Fred Hoiberg has talked, you know, nonstop about is the experience. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys, this is a, a very old roster right now. So CJ Wilcher, uh, he's been up and down in his career here at Nebraska, but he's played a lot of basketball. Uh, Jamarcus Lawrence, a uh, start, true, uh, true freshman starter last year. He played a lot of football. Casey mm-hmm. Tomonaga has, uh, Casey Tomonaga has played a lot of football or uh, basketball. basketball. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bryce Williams, um, you know, the transfer from Charlotte, he's going to be leaned on, uh, Big guard at six foot seven, two hundred fifteen pounds. He's played a lot of basketball. So Juwan Gary, Blaze Kata, the list goes on. Josiah Alec, Crank Mask. These guys have a lot of experience, and I think that's exactly what you want for a, a team looking to make a tournament run. And then I mm-hmm. think I think that is one where that's a goal that is absolutely achievable. Um, now, um, you know they're going to have to go out on the court and do it. But right now, just on paper, they have the pieces to be better than last year and they have the pieces to make a tournament run in my opinion. So, you know, it, are they going to do that? I have no idea. That seems kind of crazy to, to put your eggs yeah. in that basket for Nebraska basketball since they haven't done it in a very long time, but um, you know, they have the pieces there, just like you said, Nick. So um, it, it's going to be really interesting to follow right now. And I'm really kind of excited for that uh, Doan ex- exhibition. I know it's against Doan, but you know, I'm excited to see this team out there, you know, see the, see the, um, mm-hmm. everything that these guys have been working on, um, see how physical they are with Doan. Um, if they can just go in and, and kind of take control of that thing early, um, that's that's what I'm going to be looking for um, probably. If, if they can step on the court and just be the better team and not play around with their food. Well, there you go, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, appreciate the time as always. We'll uh, see you on Saturday at the game. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Rigo. There he is, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time. As always, he joined us on the Allo VIP line. VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with a local heart. All right, let's take a break. Austin's out today, so it's just Strick. I'll be filling in for uh, Austin Norman on the block as well, so that's why we were okay going a little bit longer there. We'll make sure we get the legal ID played, and uh, we'll cross things over with Strick and get you ready for on the block coming up next on the happy hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> 